You're listening to Leaders Last. Leaders Last. With your host, Dr. David Robertson. Greetings. Welcome back to another edition of Leaders Last. I'm your host, Dr. David Robertson. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. Today, we're going to be discussing the importance of quality strategic planning when it comes to leadership and organizational development. This is a bit of a tough one, so it might take a bit longer to get through it, but I will keep this as brief as I can. All right, so strategic planning can be and often is a challenging task for a lot of organizations. However, at the same time, strategic planning is essential, absolutely essential to ensure the success of the organization or ourselves. Uh, Absolutely, these can be applied both ways. Of course, I'd say that a lot of organizations think that they're strategically planning when, in fact, they're really not. And here's the thing. Strategic planning isn't just putting a plan together and hoping things work out uh, or even a couple of strategic elements. And then you have a strategic plan. It just it doesn't work that way. I mean, it would be cool if it were, but that's that's not how it goes. Now, if you've ever taken a business course or a planning course, there's several things you've likely been told. For example, traditional planning typically involves a set of steps that organizations follow to identify their goals, develop strategies to achieve those goals, and implement plans to execute those strategies. And these steps are great, but it's it's not the full meal deal. That being said, I'll go through some of these. Of course, the first is environmental analysis. Right. This assesses the organization's internal and external environment to identify the things that, that really impact the organization's performance. And these might include things like market trends or competitors, economic conditions, uh, technological advancements, right? AI, robotics. Then, of course, there's goal setting. Absolutely important, no doubt. Uh, but this is based on the environmental analysis. And if the leadership team is wise or smart, as it were, uh, you know, they're going to set specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time bound goals for both the short and long term. You see what I did there? Anyone? Anyone? Then, of course, there is strategy development. And, and again, we can't confuse this with strategic planning. It's, but there is strategy. I'm not discounting that. Traditionally, this is basically the simple steps that the organization is going to attempt to take or the action plans with consideration given to available resources, which, of course, leads to resource allocation. And this usually includes things like personnel, technology, uh, financial resources, and then allocating them accordingly, which, of course, is the implementation. So that's the next step, right? This is where the organization pulls the trigger on the plan and begins delegating the tasks and monitoring progress, which is evaluation and control. But this is the tracking of the various activities related to the overall objective. And of course, the attempt to identify the things that are impeding progress. Now, I have certain opinions on evaluation um, and, and I'll do a podcast on that at some point in time. But I think evaluation is often overblown and misguided. So we have to be really careful about the evaluation and control part because there's a lot of things you can't control 
and a lot of evaluations that are, let's say, ambiguous or too constrained uh, regarding the overall long-term uh, objectives, the agility of the organization, and so on and so forth. But again, that's probably another podcast, uh, which I will consider doing at some point in time. So anyway, that's traditional planning in a nutshell. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. But it's also not necessarily good either. True strategic planning is a little different, specifically in a couple of key areas. And granted, strategic planning includes many of the same steps as traditional planning, but strategic planning starts the process with a desire for accuracy. To begin with, it's crucial to understand the concept of manage by fact and with a knowledge of variation. Uh, so in strategic planning, you have to start by conducting a situation analysis. And by the way, again, this works individually or organizationally. But you have to start with where you're at by fact. And this part includes your environmental analysis, but it's internal, it's external, <clears throat> and it includes strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats. And I can't stress this enough. You have to do this without emotion. You got to remember that emotion drives bias. Bias is not a good thing when you're trying to think strategically. This also means that you have to be real with yourself. You have to admit your weaknesses. You have to admit your biases, or at least the ones that you're aware of, because a lot of biases are unknown. But you have to also be bold enough to not oversell yourself on your strengths and abilities. And when you think about what we just discussed right there, I mean, that is an exceptional difficulty for a lot of people and organizations. And by the way, it's absolutely fine to admit that you don't know something. That's the first step in correcting that issue. You can't learn anything if you think you know everything. Remember that things change all the time. So does the information. And this is especially true when we consider applications, technology, etc. Now, I mentioned knowledge of variation, and I probably need to explain that a bit. While you're collecting your data, you have to factor in variations. And what I'm talking about here is controlled and uncontrolled variations. Now, this can get a little involved, but for our purposes here, we can simplify it a little. Ultimately, we're talking about the things that can or do impact the process or may positively or negatively impact the achievement of a goal. All right, so let's start with controlled variation. Controlled variation refers to expected or manageable variations. And this could be anything from, you know, things like changes in temperature, right? So for example, your heating costs will flux somewhat predictably throughout the year. In the winter, your heating bills are going to go up and they're probably going to go down in the summer. This is a predictable and expected variation. Or your, the tires on your car. Your tires are constantly wearing out. Right? So you need to replace them at, I don't know, 75,000 miles, let's say. You can plan for that, probably a little before that, but you know what I mean. Of course, we could get a little more tactical and say that vacation time expenditure for employees, right? While they do flux, they do somewhat predictably based on hours worked, right? So that's a controlled variation. 
Things are going to go up, things are going to go down, but you kind of expect that to occur. Uncontrolled variation, on the other hand, refers to the variations that are unexpected and unpredictable. These are the things that are often beyond your control, like war or a comet hitting your business, equipment malfunctions, power outages, freak disasters, and so on. Now, some of those are more expected than others, right? A comet hitting your business is far less likely than an equipment malfunction, right? Or a power outage, okay? So these two things here, controlled and uncontrolled variations, there, there, there's a couple of things we have to consider. A, you have to know the difference, right? And then you have to identify those differences in your operations, Right. And then B, you have to factor in the identified control variations and focus much less on the uncontrolled variations. Now, you'll notice I said much less. That doesn't mean completely ignore them. Right. That being said, random hypotheticals like a comet strike or a flood are not really worth your effort. Not really. And, and, and the ones that are potentials, like legitimate potentials, that's normally what insurance is for, right? However, there is a caveat to that, uh, a warning, really. Let's say that you've built your house or business on a floodplain and that, you know, maybe it floods regularly. It's probably a good idea to consider a flood as a controlled vari uh, variation because it's likely to happen and you need to plan your contingencies accordingly. Now, that's actually a really good example to impress upon you that every strategic plan is different. Moreover, it's usually a really bad idea to use a cookie-cutter plan, you know, the, like the ones you're going to find on the internet or something, because your facts, your variations, are going to be different than anyone else's. For example, having an active shooter plan is probably a good idea. But whether you expect it to be a highly unlikely event or a probable one depends on many things and is likely going to be different for different organizations in different states and different communities. All right. So you collect your data about the work being performed, and then you list and consider your variations. And then you use that to make informed decisions about the work while considering the variations identified. Again, focusing more on controlled variations and less on uncontrolled ones, it's going to help in the planning process. Right? We don't want a 500-page book on uncontrolled variations of hypotheticals that will never in a million years happen. So again, focusing more on controlled variations and less on uncontrolled ones that's going to help with the planning process. Um, actually, here's, here's a more relatable example. Let's say your organization runs a fleet of company vehicles. right? You would factor in maintenance and gas price projections, right? Uh, where gas may be going, right? So you're going to be maybe factoring in economics and supply chain and so on and so forth, right? But you would leave the costs associated with crashes and replacement to insurance, Right, because you're not going to consider crashing a common occurrence. But maintenance, gas, these things are likely to be fairly regular. All right, so 
Quality strategic planning differs from traditional planning in several ways. The most significant difference is that quality strategic planning is more defined and based on actual data and process results. Right? In contrast, traditional strategic planning is more about broad ideas and undefined direction. Right? And if you were to think about it, well, let's look at it this way. An organizational example might be a retail company that wants to expand its business to a new geographic location. All right, a traditional plan uh, for this scenario is probably going to be extremely linear. Right? We're talking about cookie-cutter, step-by-step approaches to expanding the business. And I've seen this before. They're scary because they usually consist of little more than potential locations and assessment of customer demand and competition, the process of setting up a new store and a broad marketing campaign that's used in just about every market. You'll see this a lot with franchises, but I do see it a lot, uh, quite a bit even with small businesses, right? People who don't really have a strong handle on strategic planning, uh, so they will go to the internet and they'll grab some cookie-cutter thing off the shelf, and, you know, there we are. The problem is, is that in these kinds of plans, they're usually focused more on the short term, which is exactly what you get short term which is also probably why around 70% of franchises and small businesses are going to fail by their 10th year. There was no long-term plan. There was no strategic plan in place. There's no vision, hence no long-term agility. And that's a big part of why I'm such a fan of strategic planning for just about everything. So same scenario under a strategic plan, we start with the vision, the long-term. That's the driver. I mean, you got to think this is chess, not checkers. So again, manage by fact, right? Where are we? Where do we want to be? We're talking about a no BS assessment of market position, strengths, weaknesses, potential opportunities, uh, potential threats. You could use the SMART analysis here, right? Factor in timeframes, is strategic and localized marketing scheme, networking opportunities, development strategies, collaborators, strategic partnerships, business associations, and so on. There's a lot you could add to that. But again, everyone's going to be different. Every situation, every plan is going to be different. Different for everyone. Because the variations are different. For example, a strategic plan for a landscaping business in Jacksonville would be significantly different from one in Grand Forks. As you probably guessed, strategic planning takes a little bit more time, considerable more time, if we're going to be honest. However, by taking a strategic approach, organizations can be better positioned to adapt to a variety of things like changing market conditions or new opportunities, market shifts. And then by by having that um, agility, they're more likely to achieve sustained success over the long term. A well-formed strategic plan is crucial for an effective organization. And I want to emphasize that a strategic plan is, again, vision-oriented, while a traditional plan is very mission-oriented. Act accordingly. However, being vision-oriented and with a purpose in mind, it allows us to improve resource utilization and remain agile in the face of uncontrolled variation. And that's probably one of the bigger perks of this approach. Think of it like a football team, right? The offense runs a play. 
the play is supposed to go a certain way, but the defense doesn't stay in one place like on the paper. But since the offense knows where the goal is, they're a lot more agile and can course correct on the fly. Of course, that's a mixture between controlled and uncontrolled variation, but either way. You'll notice the best teams are agile in the face of change. The bad teams, the, the ones that are not so great, struggle with that. And that's why strategic planning uh, is so important. And, and frankly, that's what strategic planning can do for you. This is especially true when the strategic plan is owned by everyone on the team or in the organization. And probably one of the best parts of the strategic plan, especially when we start talking about uncontrolled variation, is the contingency plan. Right? If you're doing it right, you're aware that uncontrolled variations happen. Different uh, uncontrolled variations happen to different degrees, but they happen. And since we're not going to allow uncontrolled variations to cripple our progress, we're still smart enough to plan accordingly. So we make contingency plans when formulating our strategic plan. So let's say you live in a dry state. It rains just a few times a year. However, every once in a while, it rains a lot. And when it rains a lot, because it doesn't absorb into the soil, it floods. Now, highly uncommon, but it happens. So we make our strategic plan on the idea that it's rare, but we factor in a contingency for the flood that might happen every 25 years or so because we're thinking long term. We're not thinking short term, right? If, if my business is there long enough, I'm probably going to experience that flood. So it's a contingency plan. But then, of course, there's hybrid examples. And we can use the vehicle tires again, right? Controlled variation. Your tires are going to wear out. And they're going to have to be replaced. But tires also have a category for uncontrolled, which might be running over a nail. It's not every day, but also possible. But we don't let that possibility cripple our willingness to go drive to our destination. Right? So maintaining a focus on the long-term vision is crucial in leadership and organizational success. And a well-formed strategic plan ensures that this focus is maintained. So yes, plan, but do not neglect the idea of managing by fact and with a knowledge of variation and considering both controlled and uncontrolled variations. This is what ensures organizational success in the long run. Of course, there's probably another tip that I need to throw in here. Unfortunately, way too many organizations will make their plan Put it in a binder, stick it on the shelf, and revisit it hardly ever. But if you're doing it right, the strategic plan is an integrated part of organizational processes. It's the guide, which means we have to revisit this guide all the time. It's, the, it's like a roadmap, right? It's your roadmap on your trip to your destination. You keep it at the ready. You reference it often even if you think you know where you're going, right? Or I guess GPS, <laughs> keeping up with the times. Now, I didn't say that strategic planning was easy. I just said that it was essential, especially for leaders. And this is true either individually or organizationally, just as a reminder. Now, remember, 
that a well-formed strategic plan is literally the key to organizational success. Well, one of the keys anyway. I suppose if I had to add anything else to this conversation, um, I would probably suggest remembering who you are and what you're doing and avoid the tempting distractions that hinder productivity. All right, and this is where, and yes, this is a part of strategic planning. What do we do? What's the purpose? Where are we going? What does success look like when we get there? If these distractions are not in your strategic plan, well, first of all, if they're in your strategic plan, they're not distractions. But if it's not in your strategic plan, it's probably a distraction. You should probably avoid it. Okay. But again, we want to avoid these tempting distractions. So that also means we have to hire and fire accordingly. We don't want to introduce distractions, if at all possible. It can be that simple. But remember, your organization's purpose is laid out in your strategic plan. If it's not in your strategic plan, keep it out of the organization. All energies, all energies should be focused on achieving the goal of that plan. Distractions are just that. All right, friends, that does it for me. Thanks again for listening to the show. Don't forget to hit that like, share, and subscribe button. I do appreciate that. Until next time, take care.